front page is where we go through the biggest and latest news pieces that affect us here in Malaysia. And to give us his professional opinion on these articles today, we are with Ashwat Ismail from Astro Awani. Now, uh, let's get to our first very controversial article. Um, oh my God, okay. What a former <laughs> Miss Universe Malaysia said on her social media recently kicked up a storm, you know, with many lashing out at mm. her insensitivities. And she recently issued an apology, but that has not stopped all the harsh comments coming into her. Um, what are your thoughts, Ashwat, on her statement, the comments, her apology, and also her latest posts? Okay. Well, I guess we need to tackle this issue um, from the perspective of branding. And uh, of course, uh, first of all, we need to understand there's an art to convey your message on social media, correct? But of course, we need to understand, unfortunately, people don't see the world as a series of, um, let's say, a silos in which what we say, we do, or even we believe uh, in one area is completely separate from what we represent or what maybe we work for, for, uh, for instance, right? Mm. So. I think in this case, when it comes to uh, managing your own brand, we are, um, um, like, let's say, our name, right? Light, um, light and uh, you guys, like, uh, representing light. So, in, in, in this issue, right, I would like to tackle this from the perspective of brand and how to manage your brand on social media. And this is very important because, first of all, we need to understand uh, um, uh, it will be boring if, it want, if everyone thinks the same on social media, right? Definitely. So, unfortunately, people don't see um, maybe your view, maybe the world as a series of uh, um, uh, silos uh, in which what we say or what we do or what we believe in. And... Uh, is completely different or separate from um, what we rep- uh, what we represent definitely, right? Mm. So in this case, I think we need to be more careful in terms of um, uh, expressing our views when it comes to certain issues, sensitive issues and stuff. Because at the end of the day, we just want to be seen rational. We don't want to inject more into that particular the intensity of discussion or discourse mm-hmm. and I think in this case yeah of course um, what we have seen even uh, we as industry players right we have social media guidelines for all of our staff and of course brand leaders to begin with and once we have the guidelines meaning you have to be more careful because you don't want to uh, jeopardize our own brand in this case I think um, so she, it's fine and uh, she apologized at the end of the day right and but the most important here is with the one and another uh, uh, my second point is the cyber bullying uh, arena so this is crucial as well so how to react and this reflects um, the way we act uh, your brand as well and how when we some sensitive issues as well so I guess we don't want to get into this cyberbullying and join the negative bandwagon just to whack uh, for no reason. Of course, yeah. we can express our views uh, in a polite manner, right? Yeah. Definitely. Because I've been seeing um, comments about people, you know, wishing that she would 
get COVID-19, you know, wishing that her family would all perish. And that is just, it has nothing to do with what she said, you know? It's really bad. Yeah. So bad. Now, that's absurd. Yeah. That's absurd. You're right. That, that is absurd. Yep. So we have to find a middle way, middle path. All of us, you know, just have to make sure, of course, it would be right to, 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 to express our different views and that, and that will take another level of managing differences, how to express well, how to say, how to say certain things in a polite manner. And uh, that is very important on social media. What role yeah. do you think the social media platform itself plays? Because, I mean, it is a free-for-all platform. How important a role do they play, the, these platforms, in moderating these sensitive comments? I think social media needs to... Uh, I mean, the, um, the platform itself, right? Uh, what we have seen for the past two years, I guess, they're becoming more stringent in terms of guidelines. Yeah. I think they are doing a lot of things as well. but um uh, of course they're very thin line how to manage the freedom of uh, the freedom of expression and to make sure that uh, how do you define uh sensitivities within that particular sphere and i think um as we go along even we as publishers on social media um uh we are abide to a very stringent rules and regulations just to make sure that we don't poke anyone negatively and uh, 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 we don't create some um, uh, a bad or negative movement that somehow will jeopardize the harmony of that particular uh, society. So I guess this is very important as well. And what we have seen in terms of um, uh, their own guidelines, uh, they're becoming like um, um, uh, so-called conventional media as well. So mm. this is... And, and, and the role of media as well, it's not just the social media and how we amplify certain things also is very important. It's not just about getting the numbers or the traffic to your website for one uh, very hot topic on, on one hot topic, for, exa for example, in this case, this issue, right? Mm. I guess um, we just have to uh, be clear with our guiding principle, what we want to push and what um, and, 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 and the boundaries, you know, we want to be seen, uh, we don't want to be seen somehow just getting the numbers, but it doesn't bring good to anybody. Yeah, so the media, the conventional media also have to look at whether or not some stories are worth pushing just to get the numbers. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So it's not just about the numbers, but you have to, um, you, you know, to, to, to distance yourself from certain things and make sure that we, are set, we set ourselves apart from the rest in terms of you know the quality content mm. and also your stand into certain view uh, into certain um, controversial topics right so this is really important how we juggle that issue and we don't want to just cyber bullying people sometimes we don't we we don't realize it you see um, that we are actually um, have, joining the bandwagon and and start to have the, that herd mentality and, and that is very crucial for us to stay um, cool and rational all the time because at the end of the day in Malaysia most of us we are rational society so these are the things that I guess uh, take into considerations <laughs> alright 
Yep. Okay, let's move on to our next article. The CMCO was originally supposed to be lifted on the 9th of June and with the number of infections relatively under control now, will mm. the CMCO continue with further relaxed measures or will we revert to MCO with the new Raya cluster? Ah, yo, that is very... Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's hard to answer that question, but looking at the situation and what we have gathered, um, of course, we are uh, at the final phase of recovery. You know, following all of this implementation of MCO that was enforced since uh, March 18, and I think we, um, Malaysia has successfully reduced the number of new COVID-19 cases. And even our, our, our DG, our health DG, like Dr. Nohisham Abdullah, has said with the implementation of all this CMCO since what, May, May 4th, right? It has also reduced the infectivity rate, or you know, the scientists used to call it. I, I mean, they, they mentioned the R not right. So this is very important, and I think in terms of the extension, it's quite important to extend to a certain period of time. Mm. You know, uh, maybe we are looking into uh, uh, the other, the other, the other way of relaxing. Because more businesses will be open, definitely. By looking at this situation, I think in terms of health, managing, fighting this COVID-19, we are at um, the final phase of recovery. So I guess there will be another phase in which very important for, uh, to all of us, especially the society, to make sure that we practice all the social distancing in order to make sure that you know, we break the chain of this COVID-19. Yeah. So in think, your opinion, say, MCO yeah. will not happen again? I think it a will... A strict MCO. It, not strict MCO, but uh, it will be more relaxed. And definitely, I think they are going to, to, to uh, uh, extend to a certain period of time. But uh, with more relaxed measures, you know, in a barber shop can be open, you know, we can cut our hair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is very important, yeah. I think they said they will announce that tomorrow, isn't it? Whether or not barber shops. There's going to be a discussion tomorrow or something like that on this Saturday. weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, the discussion is ongoing anyway. So I guess, uh, well, we shall see. We have another question actually. Why are always the announcement always just one day before? <laughs> well, well. I, because I guess um, every, it, you need some time. Sometimes yeah. families need time. Companies need time yeah. to, you know, implement SOPs and things like that. So it's like, it's always a little bit like sudden. Oh, now we're extended MCOs or CMCO. And then the yeah. next day we have to extend. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, the decision would be made um, upon the advice of the Ministry of Health. In this case, our DG has said clearly even, you know, a surge in the number of cases would not happen and the situation would be under control if we, all of us, continue to comply with the uh, uh, SOP that's set by the government, of course. Like, um, and, and I guess the CMC, the CMC is the CMCO, right? We are uh, at this phase. In the period will end uh, on June 9, but we shall see how things go because it, it's going to take some time. Uh, in terms of understanding, because there are many factors, especially the um, uh, the increase in cases involving all these illegal immigrants that need to be tackled. Yeah. All right. But uh, from from a point of view of businesses and parents mm -hmm. who are sending the kids to school, sometimes the I think the big issue is 
having the announcement one day before doesn't mm. give businesses enough strict black and white guidelines to like what can they do, what can they not do sometimes, isn't it? Yep. I, that's why I guess it's very important for each uh, particular ministries to to come up with a clear SOP and all of them discuss at, at the meeting in the morning, right? At the government level uh, with our National Security Council there. Um, uh, most important here and how are you going to, 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 to give ample time for people to come back and make some changes, uh, even businesses, right? Mm. So, uh, in time, uh, in in terms of of um, what the the period of whether we should prolong or whether we should extend it, uh, I guess everyone here understand that we are living with this COVID nineteen. Mm. So every single SOP um, must be based on uh, this reality, this new reality that we cannot run away. Definitely, uh, this is what we this is what we call as the new normal, right? So even uh, you know, uh, uh, not just at work, but also when we are outside, you know, buying groceries, you just have to line up and 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 also film the form, <laughs> the temperature and stuff. Yeah, that's the new normal. That I guess it's fine. Everyone is getting into that, and I think we are adapting. And most important here is the economic. Um, we just want to make sure that you know um the recovery phase we have moved we have six stages when it comes to economics right we have six stages all together and we are at we are moving from uh stage three to stage four in which we are about to enter the recovery phase so this is very crucial when it comes to um especially the short-term economic recovery plan let's move on to our next article this one is equally as controversial. Ayo, what's that? <laughs> About the 5G spectrum allocation tender. So in the interest of transparency, of course, any type of government tender is generally revealed publicly. But mm-hmm. for Altel, it was done in secrecy. Now, in your opinion, Aswat, what, what do you think? Do you think it was the right decision to suddenly just U-turn this tender award? Well, uh, in this case, right, for me, open tender, let's look at the, the approach itself, right? Uh, that method of open tender is, uh, is good. That's number one. Number two, open tender provides what, the best possible value for money. That's the most important part. So we need to understand the benefits of uh, open tender. There are many. So it offers the greatest, I think, competition. And of course, it has the advantage of allowing new and emerging uh, suppliers business to try and secure uh, contracts mm. and this this alone is good because having a standard framework you know um, and the most important here is uh, uh, whether we will know if that particular company are competent to tender for the particular project so we want we want the best possible value for money that's the most important. And I think open tender uh, ensures healthy. So based on our uh, discussion with some analysts, right, and also um, at Transparency International Malaysia, right, open tender clearly ensures a healthy and competitive marketplace, which I think the companies can provide the best services or the best product, right? So suppliers will be encouraged to deliver on time. So they will adhere to, to what, the, 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 the quality required and uh, offer, of course, competitive prices. So I guess in this case, it's good. 
even even we like an organization even our business that subscribes to open tender system shows the mark of for me the paramount of good governance so what happened here though i mean like at one point uh it was just automatically mm. given to eltel and then suddenly because of uh, all the media hype and everybody was talking about it suddenly it was pulled back so i think we... they look into the i, I think the discussion is definitely ongoing when it comes to uh, uh which which companies and uh which providers that they should engage and i think the best look into what can possibly come out from this is which is the best possible value for the money mm. so i guess it's fine it, uh, you know uh, people can 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 just you know today maybe the discussion is still ongoing at the government level and i think go for open tender uh, that is definitely good so do you mean that 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 media piece that came out that says that it has been handed to altel was perhaps a little bit too early in the game like they they revealed this a little bit too early maybe uh we have to understand uh, from many aspects as well maybe the discussion is um uh, has started uh, back then for the past how many months right so from government back and that we need to understand maybe we need to talk to the ministry themselves um and and, and to understand further uh what was discussed before and what is the plan moving forward because you know uh, maybe there's some changes in terms of the budget planning we don't know so mm-hmm. that need to be uh we need to dig deeper and understand further in terms of uh, uh what was there then and what we have now and moving forward because it involved a uh, quite large chunk of money and this is the best part so when you go for open tender and definitely we need to look into the best value for money okay so ultimately <laughs> yeah. this u turn is good because now it is up for it's up for the open tender again and the most uh fitting company will be able to right because be awarded when this we tender. look into the angle of transparency transparency is one number two is the objective of that particular project where are we heading to so these two uh, come hand in hand and of course in between is the good governance factor this is what we need because good governance uh, will make sure that you know we uh, uh, we look into healthy and most important competitive uh, marketplace with companies whether this company uh, has the ability to actually execute the project or to provide the best services that we really need with that certain amount of money you know when it comes to um uh, this situation right because we are moving into um and the new normal with this covid-19 there are many factors they are looking uh and many angles and as well as uh, uh, across all ministries not just communication they have to relook at what they have planned before and moving forward from there maybe they need new plan stuff right yeah some of the guidelines on schools reopening here in malaysia so ashwat from what you've heard what are some of the measures that are being considered when schools reopen well um the uh, ministry of health working closely with ministry of education definitely um uh, to actually uh, look into the all the standard operating procedures sop for school to reopen definitely the the priority is the form 5 and form 6 right mm. and most important here is with all the guidelines and sops 
just to make sure that you know um based on uh, on the fact that uh there are many research being done internationally that if social distancing is implemented so it can reduce up to 60% of the infection rate so this is very important because we need to understand um uh the fact that uh we are moving uh into the new normal even for education and kids need to go to school right so yeah at this point of time i think i could still remember how dr nohisham our dg has elaborated on uh there's no vaccine at the moment yeah. so the best vaccine is social distancing so i guess uh even though the minimum distance is of course 1 meter but it, it is better if the public can actually practice social distancing more than that more than 1 meter definitely yeah Yeah, but most of our classes, uh, school classes, they have a larger capacity per class. You know, we have forty to fifty students in one yeah. class. What can be done to maintain social distancing in such a large capacity class? Well, uh, I guess that's why the government looked into the uh, uh, prioritize the form five and the form six. Mm. So meaning we have to, we have let's say we have uh, per class we have forty students, right? So now. we can only fit 20 students at, uh, in one class so uh, that's why when we prioritize the form 5 and form 6 i guess it's better but most important here is not just in the class you know uh, the journey from home from point a to school right so along the way how are we going to make sure that um, all of the kids all of our students actually um practice social distancing with all of these new normal um uh, this is very crucial too because they have to travel they need to go uh on school buses or they need to go on you know um so that's very important it's not just in the classroom but when it comes to schools i think uh they have spoken about um school canteens for example right mm-hmm. students are not allowed to dine in at the canteen area So, the you know they will queue up one meter apart, pick up their food, and head straight to the classroom to dine. So these are the stringent SOPs that they have to follow. But that's an uh, ideal situation to have. I mean, like their kids uh, don't. Right? Just you know, right? you remember how we how we exactly. Were back then, right? <laughs> so that's why the they only opened right? it to form five and form six for now. You're right. You're right. Test it out, and hopefully they are more obedient in a sense to all the SOPs because they are older yeah. and they need to go for yeah. their examinations. Yeah. They will come up with the detailed guidelines definitely, and all of the details guide uh, the detailed guidelines uh, can at least be hope that you know people follow uh, all the SOPs from time to time until um, up to the point that we will see the vaccine. All right. Let's move on to our final article. Now the short-term economic recovery plan for June to December 2020 will be launched by Prime Minister this month. So in your opinion what measures should be introduced to help the Malaysian economy and what can we expect from this short-term economic recovery Sorry, plan? Sorry, this this will be at tomorrow morning, right? Yes, Friday This morning. Conversation will be will be at tomorrow morning. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So your question was, sorry. The what what measures should be introduced to help the Malaysian economy? Oh yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I think. Um, uh, sorry. 
The short-term economic recovery plan will be announced by the Prime Minister later today. So I think the most important here is about jobs, jobs, jobs and jobs, right? The unemployment. And um, for us, editorially, Shrawani, we are looking into four categories. This is very important in which number one is how to ensure, um, um, not how to ensure, it's more to uh, how to reduce unemployment, number one. That's the most crucial element, right? And number two, uh, for us to look into the digitization and adapting the new normal. And uh, number three, um, uh, how to ensure affordability. And number four, or number four, of course, we have to look deeper into how to boost consumer confidence and also the investors' confidence. So this is, uh, these four are very important elements in, in providing all of um, maybe short-term economic recovery initiative. Mm -hmm. So we have to look into that. And also the most important is how to empower people and to propel our businesses. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, at the bigger picture, the macro economy in which to stimulate the economy and to make sure that we actually can sustain and not just sustain uh, the growth uh, is there. So these are the areas that I think is very crucial, jobs, businesses, and stimulate the economy with these four um, pillars of umbrella that need to be taken care of by the government for the next six to nine months. Mm. So I guess the, we shall see the announcement later by the Prime Minister, uh, whether these will be addressed. And because we need to understand in terms of the economic recovery, like in terms in term of economics, we have six stages altogether. We are at stage three and moving into stage four. And this is very crucial before we move into revitalize and reform. So with this initiative, uh, we hope that we can actually support. Because if you take a look at um, all of our interviews, right, uh, people keep on talking about the wage subsidy. Mm. Um, and for businesses, it's how to make sure that uh, the micros SMEs out of 900,000 plus SMEs uh, uh, our engine of our economy six more than 600,000 are micro SMEs and how to make sure that all of this um, technical and digitization adoption for SMEs are put in place so the rest all about the funding cash injection and of course the most important here to look into stuff like um, Hospitality industry, right? Where tourism, retail, and uh, retail financing. So these are the areas, I guess, um, to support our business and to propel um, the, our businesses as well. You know, stuff for uh, the, the the approach on uh, supporting or how to liquid uh, liquidity su uh, support for businesses. Uh, these are the area that, I guess, uh, we need to look into. Yeah. Now, looking at our economic situation right now, uh, where even mm. unemployment is at an all-time high, like you said, um, mm. in your opinion, can we recover by twenty twenty one? I guess if all um, if the, they put all the measures right properly, and even at the global landscape, we look at into we look into um, how the world can can push uh, the growth level as well right all of us struggling um internationally as well 
So we look into all the initiatives that how can we help to mitigate the impact of this, this um, COVID-19. And of course, I think um, we are um, somehow we look into, we shall see how it goes, but we are optimistic in terms of the growth because things will get better um, in the next six to nine months. But most important here is how to mitigate the, 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 the impact currently because MEF has projected um, the unemployment can actually strike at the numbers of 2 million uh, workforce, right? Now, where we are now, I think we are about 500 to 600,000 people losing their jobs. So how to reduce this unemployment level is very crucial. Besides uh, helping, for example, like the people are talking about, uh, based on our interview on the ground, uh, people are talking about the hope of seeing the extension of moratorium and also the cash injection. Uh, these are the uh, areas that, of course, people look, uh, look into. Because, I mean, uh, you gen generally when you talk about an unemployment, it's always yeah. about people, especially in these days and uh, this day and age where everybody's looking at work-life balance and everything. Now it's just grabbing whatever you can actually find. But yeah. industry to industry, generally people don't switch industries and then uh, people in the hotel industry, they go to another hotel and then they get another job in another hotel, right? Yeah. But now even hotels are closing down. There are no industries to go to. So yeah. when you look at the short-term economic recovery plan, is most of it going to go to the big bigger players and not to the SMEs? Yeah, uh, well, uh, that's why we shall see how the um, announcement later by the Prime Minister because businesses also need a lot of help, right? In order for us to protect the jobs, we need to help the businesses to protect the jobs as well. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that is very important with all the initiatives that will be announced later by the Prime Minister.